ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Yanagita Podcast Show, episode 47 already. I got my guest, repeat, first person to come back two times. Second time. Two times. Vince. Heck yeah. Quicksilver. Thanks for having me, Justin. Dang, Vince. What's going on? What's happening today, man? Second time on. Today's Friday. (sighs) Not much. It's the last day of school. Everybody's getting out. Kind of feels like, I don't know, I feel like it's my last day of school. I wasn't even in school. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. You know, people are probably wondering, like, about what you're up to nowadays. What you've mm-hmm. been up to. If, if, they watch, if you haven't watched the first episode, check out the first episode. Vince, uh, Vincent, check, out, check it out. So, last time I was here, I was, like, starting to um, train people uh, in boxing and kickboxing. Uh, the goal is eventually to train, like, full MMA. But I've been getting my reps in just training um, uh, person, uh, one-on-one personals with people uh getting my reps in breaking down um like a format like a system to like teach somebody depending on whether they're beginner intermediate or advanced like the goal is eventually mma but for now i'm just starting boxing kickboxing because my gym as it is is kind of small so once you start grappling like i notice you just go across the mat a lot quicker i had four bodies so it was uh two pairs of people rolling at the same time mm. And it was kind of stuffy in there. So mm-hmm. I'm just sticking to boxing and kickboxing for now. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of addicted to, like, buying pads. <laughs> I'm trying to find, like, the right mitts. Mm-hmm. And I think I just found them. I got these, um, I think they're Sanibel, like, air mitts. So, like, pretty squishy. Oh, okay. Yeah. There you go. Soft. Sanibel. Is that, uh, where, where can you find that? Uh, I got it off Amazon. Amazon. Honestly, it was, like, a cheaper mitt. But I always see... Um, this guy, Jason Perillo, um, mm-hmm. he trains Michael Bisping and Cyborg, Chris Cyborg. Oh, wow. And he used okay. to train BJ, too. I'm not sure yeah. if he's still training. Um, but he also has these, like, big squishy pads. Oh. And I think I thought they looked goofy, yeah. you know? I was like, those, those pads look goofy. But yeah. they're so much softer on the hands. I didn't realize, like, I started coaching because I like MMA, yeah. all the combat sports. But... Um, I started coaching to not get beat up as much because, like, as a fighter, especially when you're, like, sparring or, like, pushing your body to its limits, like, mm. every so often or day in and day out, your body's sore. But mm. I was like, oh, I'll coach, and then it'll, I'll be on the other end, so it won't be as bad, dude. But letting people beat you up, like, <laughs> especially when I have, like, five to seven sessions in a day, mm. dude, my hands holding pads, like, Muay Thai pads mm. and... um boxing mitts my elbow was starting to get all jacked and then uh my shoulder was a little tweaked wow and depending how hard or they hit or how big they are like my, my body when they hit the Core, body pad yeah. <laughs> dang dude i'm getting more beat up than when i was fighting oh my goodness <laughs> so it just got super busy then since the last time yeah just um yeah. i haven't been posting on instagram as much recently because mm-hmm. every time i uh, post something some like a couple of people like reach out to train some more but i'm like now i gotta be more strategic with um how many people i take um per day and like how many like how much times i want to train because i can i can push to where i'm training like a whole day but my body's wrecked after and then like the later sessions kind of suffer because i'm not as into it you know rise the morning Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. wow so like what's a week look like for you now i mean i must be different more sessions I've noticed that week to week, I have my regulars that come uh-huh. two to three times a week, and then they'll 
they have like a set schedule almost right. but with little tweaks of what time maybe they'll come in a half an hour earlier mm. or later but and then i also have like the kind of curious ones they just want to come check it out so they'll come like less frequently and mm -hmm. at random times but scheduling i didn't realize like you know when you you're like i like um i like doing this i like teaching people but then uh -huh. the business side where you're like not gonna schedule and yeah, like yeah. make prices <laughs> yeah. and like tell certain people no or like i don't like saying no but um is that to like certain times yeah times? Like, oh, yes okay. but everyone's always like oh so if you can't do it next week maybe like the week after that i'm like ah, i don't want to plan that far out but yeah <laughs> I, I schedule for um as much as i can yeah so that my body can take because i've been getting beat up so wow. but that kind of helped too because um i've been develop developing more like bag drills and mm -hmm. like footwork drills and coordinate eye coordination drills mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you got to get in there man wow. you missed the last two sessions man, i missed the last two <laughs> man oh my gosh yeah i got Yo, a whole i got crazy. a lot of um new stuff to show you for next Dang. time just that's exciting kicking. that's mm -hmm, exciting mm -hmm. you know it's just amazing like how busy you got so quick yeah i mean i remember when you first came on you were just starting mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you're like yeah i'm just kind of like you know posting a little bit yeah now you're like booked to the point where like you you, you said you're being strategic about the schedule yeah. trying to that's great exactly yeah yeah um but last time i was like still landscaping was my other job i was doing part-time yeah, landscaping that's right and then I was full-time landscaping and that job just like you're in the sun all day huh. just getting roasted you know <laughs> pulling some weeds oh <laughs> for some rich guy yeah i was like uh i went part-time and then i started um part-time training and yep. then that picked up a little more i was using that as like ah just a side gig for yeah. some extra money but then um i got to the point where i could quit my job mm -hmm. oh and there we are now yes sir oh so people want to know events uh, your last fight when was that that was that august was 2019 2019 of august so mm -hmm. almost two years since your last one yep dude people are wondering when are you going back <laughs> in my is this brother? people or just you just dude, <laughs> dude when are you gonna go back in man dang i don't know there hasn't been anything in maui a lot how of maui are you fight, right now uh how old am i 27 i have to <sighs> think about that 27 yep, yep. perfect age and you're not wrong dang um dang one of these days it's just like <laughs> every time i think like <laughs> dude when you think about when i think about fighting i like um not think about fighting but when i think about like me fighting it's mm. dude the nerves are insane it's just a roller coaster of like if you plan two months out before wow. a fight that's two months of like you go to sleep like i'm never gonna win like this is impossible then you wake up and you're like i'm I'm an animal. I'm a savage. Like, I'm going to beat this guy. Like, <laughs> dude, it's so, like, up and down. It's crazy. Wow. Yeah. Like, what What do you do when it gets closer, like, the, the week of? Like, that must be even more intense, right? Week of, it's a lot or of, like, um, jitters. A lot of the work is before the fight. So, like, mm. the fight's, like, the fun part. But all the, like, training and trying to get in the right kind of sparring or, yeah. like, the technicalities of um, your opponent, that is the hard part. Mm. but then like the closer the fight gets honestly it's kind of like more relief especially when you finally get in there you're like oh god it's gonna be over soon <laughs> it's gonna be over yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's great man like if you were to fight again like what would your training or schedule look like this time around dang i think honestly well since i've been training a lot of like my own game has developed since i've been training a lot all these different levels of um 
skill wise like mm. breaking down like um ways to throw certain combos or mm. how to throw like certain kicks mm -hmm. i feel like my own striking game has severely not severely i don't know if that's the word but it definitely got better mm -hmm. um i haven't trained with like it's been a while since i sparred somebody that was real good but i gotta get more i gotta make more time for me to train more time for vince to train yeah i like that yeah so sparring training mm -hmm. so sounds like if you were to go back would you do something similar because i remember last time around the podcast you're sharing something about you were training you're running in the morning oh yeah yeah, yeah i probably have to be something like that wow. i've been uh, doing uh, a lot more road work so i'll do like three to six miles just running around you might wow. see me running around happy valley Area. i remember seeing you around like uh before around over here yeah 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 and i was like is that vince oh yeah i did i used to run uh, uh the second side uh second team right i lived a little closer oh where did you do you you live closer i actually live in pokokala oh yeah fifth lane oh dang probably a little over a year but um yeah now we live over in wow. white homes so that's wow. fun some more road work so for people listening what is road work Oh, that's just uh, running on the road. Yeah, running on the road. I like Boxers that. are called road work, but yeah. um, it's kind of uh, hard on your knees. Uh, but it is important cardio-wise. It, it's a good um, like mind. I don't know if there's any runners out there that have a different take. But like for me, when I'm running, especially long distance, you have to like focus. You know, mm. you just control your control your, especially if you're not. If you're not listening to music, I don't know how you're running. Like, dude, just listening to the sound of your breath. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I find myself, I'll either put on a podcast or um, just find some good music. Mm -hmm. And I can't have anything in my pocket. So I got an iWatch, Apple Watch. I like I don't that. know what it is. Things in my pockets. Like, even now, everything's on the floor. Hmm. So you can't have anything in your pocket. Nope. I like that. I've left my wallet places. I left my phone places. <laughs> Where the heck are my keys? <laughs> but at least I'm free, you know? You're free. Your pants, yeah, you're good. Oh my god so road work and then you would you would some something about like you would do striking sparring you were saying uh yeah i would do so it was either boxing or muay thai and then um i'll go to my grappling academy mm. for my jujitsu so it'd be the schedule was wake up um do something some cardio in the morning work all day till like 4 30 oh no no training was at four so i worked to like 3 30 ish wow. and then try to jet over to um my martial arts from four to five and then oh for your striking yeah they had a Got spar it. it was sparring was four to five then the uh -huh. class was five to six thirty and then my grappling academy was six thirty to like eight thirty wow i know it was like ridiculous but sometimes you feel like if you don't do all that crazy stuff like you're not doing enough you know like mm. what is my opponent doing and that's the mind part. Oh, yeah. that's great, man. That's a roller coaster. And then you get your you get beat up in um, sparring. Oh my and goodness! And you're like, ah, I'm never gonna beat this guy. <laughs> or the opposite, you like, you do really well in sparring, and then you're, you're a lot more confident. Mm. Yeah. But if you are always winning in sparring, like you probably should find new people to spar with. Mm. That hasn't been me, but um, yeah, I think it's important to like get some good rounds in um and like dominate and then like find somebody better than you that 
you know, you test your limits to where you have to like up your game. Hmm, that's a good point. So say someone that's around a little bit better. Yep. And then some people you can get good rounds on. Yep. Because if oh. you're always getting, um, if you're always getting your ass kicked, uh, inspiring, like your confidence is gonna go down. Wow. So um, you got to get some, at least some competitive rounds in with like higher caliber. Wow. Training partners. Right. So would that that be the same with the striking as your grappling? Yep. Wow. And then together too. With and then together. MMA. So like, so you'd use like puffy gloves and maybe some like tight chin guards. Oh. Mix in the takedowns with the um, striking. Oh wow! I forget who it was that was on the show. Was it Riley or? Or Sean or somebody was talking about like shoot box or something like that. I think that's like Brazilian and that was more um that's from Brazil. Oh, okay. But it's uh like I think I forget if it's a style of fighting or a club that fought out there. Oh, okay. But I, I wanna say that was like Vanderlei Silva, like Shogun Hua. Oh, oh Anderson yeah, guys, yeah, the yeah, Brazilian like shoot the box. Oh, shoot the box, yeah. Um and pride. Yeah. No, like pride, pride, shoot the, the box. Pride. I wanna say that was more so like just balls to the wall like hard, hard <laughs> sparring yeah yeah because they were crazy yeah Those like guys. um i know Means. a lot of a little less for me but i know a lot of people that would just go hard hard sparring like for just practice like for just practice yeah they would just instead of like training like technically they yeah. would just be like okay so we're just gonna fight for an hour huh and then that's your training what do you think about that i think you should do if you get ready for a fight, one like technical spar and then one hard spar per week. Oh, so, so what does that look like for people listening? A technical spar. Technical spar. So that would be like more. I'm not winding up on punches. I'm just touching you to, for like timing, placement, like trying to time up the transition between takedowns, clinching. You know, mm. pummel is a little less um, resistance. Mm -hmm. If you're the guy fighting, then. Um, Obviously, you don't want to like get hurt yeah. before you fight, so it's important to be smart with the training. Huh. And then you said one technical like that, and then the other one was uh, a little harder. So maybe you wear some headgear and oh, just see. like fix, or you would only do like striking. Oh, okay. You know what I mean? So less. Um, so you could wear like puffier gloves, uh -huh. like fourteen or sixteen ounces, uh -huh. and like some shin guards and like wind up harder oh. on the punches and oh. then once in a while maybe throw on just the four ounce gloves some puffy uh, four ounce gloves and then go hard with that but it's like super easy to get cut or like hurt when mm. you hard spar obviously because you're actually fighting right oh so trying to find that balance between there's so many fighters that like um pull out who was it i want to say Let's nerd out on some fight history. So, yeah. Rafael dos Anjos was supposed to fight Conor McGregor. Okay. For remember, the yeah. 155 title after mm -hmm. he won against Jose Aldo with that uh, 13 second knockout. Yeah. Conor was going to go straight for the lightweight title. Mm -hmm. Who at the time, uh, which at the time the title was being held by Rafael dos Anjos. Mm -hmm. But like a week before the fight, Rafael was like, I forget if he was hard sparring or just training, but he like broke his uh, ankle or foot. Oh. Yeah, that's foot injuries right, right, like a right. week before the fight. Yeah. And uh, that was supposed to be for the title. Now Connor's out of a shot because the champ's hurt. Mm. So he ended up fighting Nate Diaz, 
That's right. Instead, Nate Diaz was a last-minute replacement, and he choked Conor out, I want to say, in the, like, the third round. Yeah. Um, that was a crazy fight. Yeah. Yeah, I remember watching that, like, what? what? Nate? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but with, uh, without, the, um, without Rafael hurting his ankle, he never would have fought Nate Diaz, which yeah. that rematch was huge. It was two of Conor's, like, I want to say he has, like, eight or seven of the top ten, like, pay-per-view sales in UFC history. Yeah. The only one up there is like UFC 100, which was like Brock Lesnar, Frank Mir, Brock um, and Mir. That was a nuts one. Yeah, and it was, was like George, George St. Pierre and uh, somebody else. I can't remember, but yeah. it was like UFC 100. They they stacked the card with they had a lot three more title su- fights, right? Yeah, they had a yeah. lot more superstars at the time too. Oh. I can't remember the third one, or if there was a third one. Wow. But um, yeah, without um, Rafael Arie not breaking his foot like right. you wouldn't have had that connor now they can probably have a trilogy where he would fight nate uh the third time which i think is going to happen if connor loses to um poirier oh what do you think about poirier uh poirier and uh connor, the third time that um because that second time they fought those calf kicks yeah man. that first fight oh. was um i should have brushed up on this fight before i got here but that uh first fight connor just steamrolled him you know and Con- mm-hmm. uh dustin was cutting weight at uh f- that fight was at 145 even connor sucked down i think that's where a lot of connor's power came from was because he was so big like his biggest weapon at that time was his uh weight cut for 45 because mm. he's been fighting at like 170 155 but he looked like skeletor yeah you know at 45 yeah um but he blew up so big and he had so much power and he was so much like Mm-hmm. longer and rangier the third fight uh the second fight so connor just whooped him in the first fight the yeah. second fight dustin like filled out his frame a lot more yeah that's interesting too because um like dustin fought max uh holloway oh, that's right holloway yeah but holloway is an example of a 45 45er who fought at 55 mm. like but dustin slowly like gradually built up his frame yeah. to be like a, a big 55er yeah he's a stack 55 because when uh max fought dustin for the interim title um max just didn't cut as much weight you know mm. where dustin cut weight because he's a 55 frame which yeah. i think is where a lot of dustin's power came from which is why i want to see if max does decide to go to 55 because he's just been killing it at uh 45 mm-hmm. if max like properly filled out for a 55 frame mm-hmm. does would he have um because I want to say Dustin, he didn't drop him. He definitely didn't drop him, but he hurt Max a lot Yeah. more than uh, Max hurt him in that interim title fight at 55. Oh. Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. So who you got for the third, the third oh, fight? My <laughs> this is the tangents and, uh, that we go yeah, on. <laughs> no, it's good. Um, the third one, I don't know, because in the second fight, those, um, those calf kicks um, did some damage. But, like, if you look at um, that Uriah Hall, Chris Weidman. Oh, yeah. Yeah, where Weidman mm-hmm. went for that low calf. Obviously, he didn't set it up at all. He just threw it from, like, left field. Yeah. And uh, snapped his leg in half. Yeah. Uh, that's definitely a possibility. That was crazy. Um, so, I don't know if... Uh, he's probably still going to throw it. Because I want to say there's a way to throw it. I haven't figured out the... I don't know if there is a way to, like, precisely throw or check 
obviously there is a way to precisely throw and check them but mm -hmm. they come at like different angles and like the checks are always different and the kicks are always different mm. if you don't turn out um hmm yeah i don't know I, I bring about say those, those calf kicks are like a, a riddle right now because every um every couple of years like a new technique comes out and it's yeah like, what the heck is that thing right now it's just it's like the it was, you know, like in jujitsu, like heel hooks are a big. Yeah. They are. They're currently. Yeah. But it's they like, weren't like a thing before, you know? No, 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 not at all. So then now heel hooks are big, like calf, calf kicks Those are big. Those two things, yeah. Even like spinning wheel kicks. Spinning they used wheel to kicks. not be a thing. Like it, they used mm. to, it was um, almost like a taekwondo thing. Like you can't knock somebody out with a spinning back kick. Right. And then Ed Zimbarboza flat lines. Boom. Uh, Terry Adam with the first ever spinning back kick. Yeah, I think it was perfect. That's right. Um, but every once in a while a technique like that comes along i think dustin does try to utilize it again in the third fight against um connor mm -hmm. i don't know if connor is going to be able to find like the answer to that mm. because his stance is so he actually had a, a boxing stance in the second fight but um he usually stands wider like if you look at his older fights right he's caught like a karate yeah like a stance yeah, yeah like sideways darts in like, yeah in and out but that uh, stance against the low calf kick is not going to work well because it takes so much more time to, like, turn out for the check. Mm. Then the last fight, he had, like, a boxing, like, upright heavy on the front foot. Mm -hmm. So it's even if Connor did fight like he used to in the last fight, I'm not sure if he would have done any better. Oh. He definitely should be throwing a lot more kicks though, in this next fight. Connor. Yeah. Mm. That being said, I want to say, like, my heart wants Connor because uh, I like that, like, Connor hype train. Mm -hmm. But uh, I'm pretty sure Dustin's just going to do the same thing again. But, like, that's how all the, that's how a lot of the, like, fighters' careers end is, like, on a low note, you know? Yeah. Not too many people go out on a high note. Like, GSP. Dude, that guy's crazy. Which one? GSP. Yeah. I mean, like. He did it. He, like, him and uh, Khabib. Yeah, that's that like the only too. Yeah. two guys that I know that yeah that were like went off um, on top the on the highest level yeah and just walked like, away. That's it. Yeah, it's it's it takes a lot for somebody to um, give it up because like the highs are so high. Yeah, you're always like ah, oh, I got one more. Oh, I could beat that guy. But for them to mm -hmm. kind of like step away while they were at the pinnacle, that's, yeah, that's major. Oh, it's pretty crazy. Wow. Um, Paul Felder, I don't know if you watched the last UFC, but yeah. Paul Felder retired. But he was a little more of a journeyman. He got, I want to say, top eight or top five in the lightweight division. Mm. But um, he retired, came out for about one more fight. He, like, semi-retired, came back for one more fight against uh, Rafael Los Angeles, um, last-minute right. replacement. And That's then right. um, he retired. They had, like, a big thing, like mm. – um, Paul Felder retires because he's an uh, announcer now, mm. which is cool that he has like a job set up for after his career. Like mm. a lot of people don't. Um, when you put everything into just fighting, then say it doesn't go your way so many times. Now um, you got to get a day job. Mm. You got to figure out what you're going to do. Yeah. So like planning, not planning too far ahead, but having a plan. They're like Damn. planning to have a plan after <clears throat> Fight. After that, yeah, yeah. The sport career, oh. which is why like like Paul Felder tra just transitioned straight into um, and uh being a commentator. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. he's on uh, most of the. I think he started on the Contender series. Yeah, and then he that's a perfect job too for them too. Yeah, but I mean, the thing is, the the slots are 
the field right now. You know, mm. if you look at the whole broadcast team in the UFC, it's like Dominic Cruz, um, Daniel Cormier. Yeah, DC. It was Dan mm. Hardy. Um, oh, yeah, Paul he was Felder. there, yeah. Yeah, Dan yeah. Hardy had a weird situation where they, like, released him because oh. he got into, like, a... I think he had a disagreement with, like, another guy that was higher up and uh, they just kind of let him go. But, yeah, yeah that happens. Yeah. Like, uh, Mike Goldberg. Mm-hmm. You remember him? Yeah, the old school. Yeah. Uh, he, he, what was uh, his famous Virtually saying? identical. Yeah, they are virtually identical. And I used to have a drinking yeah. game. It was like, every time he says Bud Light, here we go. You got to take oh, a sip. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this fight is brought to, you, brought to you by Bud Light. Here we go. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Dude, he used to say it so much. Yeah. Was uh, he the guy that was like, it is all over? Or was yeah, that yeah, Rogan? Yeah. It's all over. Yeah, it's all over. Oh, my goodness. Mike Goldberg. Yep. Yeah. That's old school. Now it's Dang. old school UFC. He wasn't. He actually, after he got fired, he went to Bellator. And it, like, wasn't the same. And uh, then Bellator released him, too. Dang, uh, Goldie. Damn. Yeah, that guy was hilarious. He would always mess up, like, he hit him with a left hook. And then Rogan would be like, that was a right high kick. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Wrong thing. So fun. Yeah. And that's crazy thinking about that. Like, I remember going back to the whole GSP and, um, like, that guy... He was one of the first guys we probably started watching, too. Yeah. Uh, I actually, my, one of my first fights that I rem- could remember was uh, BJ versus George St. Pierre, too. Mm. And I was like, oh, this guy from Hawaii is fighting. I didn't, I barely knew. This is like 2009, I want to say. Yeah. But I. He's a champion versus champion, mm-hmm. right? UFC 94. Yeah. Like BJ would have been the first guy to have Dude, two belts simultaneously. At the same time. Yeah. yeah. Or maybe he didn't have the belt. Whatever it was, he was supposed to. Um, he fought GSP, and that kind of sucked too because I watched that fight and it was like the the it was their second time fighting. Right. The first fight, like BJ's legs kept sliding off um, GSP's shoulders, so there was like it's called grease gate. Huh. Like if GSP was like wiping his eyes and then like wiping it. Oh no. Oh. No, back in those days, you used to be able to take Vaseline into the corner. Oh. So like between fights, you could take Vaseline and put it on, on your, your face. fighter's face. Oh. But they were giving like GSP like a so- shoulder massage. Oh. So when BJ is trying to get guard, high guard, his legs are just slipping off. Oh. There's a whole like conspiracy breakdown on, <laughs> on YouTube. But when you watch the rematch, it's like ah, maybe BJ wouldn't have won. Yeah. I think after because G- BJ was talking a lot of smack, and then after GSP, I think ground and powder in him. To TKO. That's right. It was a fourth round. Like yeah. GSP never shows emotion, and at the end of that one, he just like smacks the uh, cage. Oh, right, he punched that cage. Yeah, yeah that like, was a meme, man. Punched I did it. Cage. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. The cage. Dude, his famous talk tra- uh, trash talk. I am not impressed oh, by yeah, your yeah. performance, Matt Hughes. Uh, yeah. Every time I do his uh, accent, it sounds like uh, Kermit the Frog. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. I am not. Imp- I am not impressed by your performance. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. His Canadian accent. French, French Canadian. Yeah. French Canadian. That's right. You know, that's just incredible because I remember um, the first time he beat Matt Hughes. I was mad. He I beat me- Matt Hughes? Yeah, he no. head kicked him. It was a head kick. Because the first time, because uh, I started, I think it was, uh, I remember Matt Hughes powerbombed somebody. Cam Newton or something like that. Cam Newton, that's. Um, no, not Cam, that's football. Yeah, I, I know what uh, you're saying. Uh, who, who Carlos. Carlos Newton. Carlos Newton, sorry, yeah. The guy with the Powerbombed him, yeah. And. Uh, and then after that, he beat GSP the first time. And then the second time they were fighting, I remember, 
I just remember that announcement. He was like, he is Bruce Buffer. He mm-hmm. is considered the greatest welterweight of all time. He's 42 and 3 or 42 and 4. Uh, yeah, he's he, well over 50 fights. Crazy and huge. And I was like, yeah, Matt's going to get him again. And then GSP just kicks him in the head. I was like, oh, and yeah, then yeah, elbow yeah. ground and pound. I was like, what just happened? I think he was like, was he kneeing him to the body too? Or was that Matt Serra? Sarah, yeah, that was Sarah. Sarah's the knees to the body, yeah. Dude, before I move on from that, that Carlos Newton, I watched the uh, interview with Matt Hughes. Yeah. Or I want to say it was a uh, Matt Hughes trainer. Forget his dang name, but oh, um, yeah, he, he was saying um, Carlos because he had him in a triangle from the when he powerbombed him. Yeah, Matt Hughes went out, but right before he went out, he powerbombed him. So if you look at the end of that sequence in that fight, yeah, Matt Hughes wakes up. And then gets up, and he's like, "Did I win?" Like he powerball, he he probably would have went out if he didn't slam him. Yeah, to release that. Oh, so he, it was like uh, I want to say it was like a blood choke, and he was about to go out, slams him. Carlos knocks out, and then Matt wakes up like he. I'm dead still. That is crazy. Yeah, that was a crazy. Um, that's a crazy story I heard. That is a crazy way to win. Um, but oh, even talking about his fight entrance. Like, yeah. have you ever heard BJ Penn's fight entrance? The songs. No, no, not that. Yeah, the song, but um, when they say all his accolades. I, I don't remember BJ, uh, too much. You got to look it up, bro. It's so long. Like, if you play the video game, <laughs> yeah. they do it every time. But really, it's like the the hall, the former UFC lightweight champion. Yeah. The former UFC welterweight champion. Mm. Um, the Hall of Fame, blah, 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 blah. Uh, sometimes they talk about like his Abu Dhabi record, like it oh, just goes wow. on and on and on. The legendary BJ Penn. Wow. Oh, the prodigy. Yeah. BJ Penn. You know, speaking about long introductions, um, I, I just remember Randy Couture had a long one. Yeah, that's another one because he, he was, was fighting uh, uh, light heavyweight and heavyweight. Yeah, the the one with Chuck Famer. Liddell. Yeah, yeah. Oh. And then when he fought, uh, what's his name? Tim Sylvia. Yeah. That overhand. Oh, what was he? No, no, no. How did he beat Sylvia? He just overwhelmed him. Yeah, because yeah. Sylvia was huge, huge at the time. Like he was six six. The end of his career like was pretty bad, but like when he was on top, he was on top. Yeah, 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 Tim yeah, yeah. Sylvia, just, with yeah. those long ass, yeah, <laughs> those the, redneck sideburns. Yeah, <laughs> the sideburns. Uh, yeah, and then Randy was two twenty for that yeah. fight, and I think Sylvia was maxed out. Yeah, Randy was one of the first like lighter heavyweights. Yeah, like Stipe just lost, but. If you look at Stipe Miocic, mm-hmm. I think he is like 235, 240. Yeah. It's insane to me that they don't have like a 240. Right. That's a big gap. Yeah. 205 to. In general, yeah. 205 to, to, to 206 to 265. That's crazy. It's insanity. You should put like a one in between. Yeah. Yeah. Like what you said, 240. Because that would have been all uh, like Kane Velasquez, yeah. Junior, Junior Dos Santos. I used to, I mean. Like man, that guy was crazy too. Kane versus uh, Junior on on Fox the first time they were playing it. Yeah, yeah. Dude, I remember watching it on Fox. All right, uh, first time watching Fox live TV. I don't know what's gonna happen. You know, I see nine I, seconds later. Yeah, and I see Nogueira. I'm like, okay, I'm gonna. I like I like Nogueira, so I'm gonna root for this guy. And then all of a sudden, boom! Oh, um, Fox actually picked that fight because they thought it was gonna be like a crazy like back and forth heavyweight fight. You know, mm-hmm. like it's gonna be a great fight for everybody Long to watch. One. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just nine seconds later. Ooh. Kane gets clipped behind the ear. Yeah, I don't even. Know, I don't know if it's exactly nine seconds, but as soon as the fight starts, Junior just throws like an overhand, <laughs> clips uh, Kane. 
But the the fights after that, because they fought three times. Three times. Mm-hmm. So those next two ones, Kane, Cardio Kane, Velasquez, Cardio just Kane. hit the gas and beat Junior for like 10 rounds. Yeah. I want to say they didn't stop the first one, and then the second one, they did stop it. Yeah. That's right. You know, I, I, speaking of Kane, man, I remember like that heavyweight era was nuts. Yeah. I mean, because it was after Tim Sylvia lost, Randy Couture. And then it would became what Brock Lesnar, right? Yeah, Lesnar. Lesnar. Um, so, Lesnar. Who was after Le- Kane? Kane took it from him. Yeah, Kane. And then Junior. Uh, no, no, no. Yeah, Junior, Kane, Verdum. Dude, the Verdum thing was nuts in Mexico. Yeah. Okay, I, 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 I was thinking like, man, okay, I think. Uh, I think Kane came too came out too late and to cardio, Mexico. Uh, right? no, Cardio. Cardio. Uh, Verdun, Verdun was uh, living there for like two months. That's right. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think Verdun actually has something to do with the Spanish broadcast. Like he oh. does the, or he used to do the, so he speaks Spanish. He speaks, like he Spanish. speaks Portuguese and Spanish. That's amazing. So he's just hanging out in Mexico City, you know, chopping it up yeah. with, the, with his hombres. Yeah. And um, his, uh, what is that? <sighs> elevation. He acclimated to the yeah. elevation. See, I thought that was crazy. I remember thinking, like, wait, why is he so exhausted in the f- second round or something like that? And I want to say that, that there wasn't even, like, um, air conditioning. So it was, like, in a stadium that was just, like, is hot in there. You know, mm. like, you're sweating just, like, the crowd sweating. It's just, you're in Mexico City. Like, right. they don't have the state of the art. Like, they're not, it's not the AT&T Stadium in Las Vegas. That was crazy. Dude, and I, that, I, I, sorry, my bad. That big old smile he had. Yeah, on the guillotine. Uh, as soon as he shot in, he knew, and he knew he was like, "That's sm- I'm like, oh wow!" He submitted Kane. He submitted Fedor. Yeah, that I thought two was of the cr- greatest heavyweights of all time. Ridiculous. So then Verdum's up there now too. Yeah, insanity. Incredible. Like that's a crazy resume. That is, and, and he, he got Mark Hunt too. Got Mark. Dude, that's my guy. Mark Hunt knee right. Uh, no, 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 he no. hit him with the knee and then finished him with ground and pound. But that's at the right. time, it was the most strikes in the heavyweight ever landed on another. I think it was like 400 times he got punched Crazy. in the face. Yeah, dude, uh, Verdum had a big comeback in his like mid 30s. Yeah, that was it was crazy because like, uh, he he didn't he get like what happened to him in the beginning because before all this, I want to say he f- didn't he fight Junior Dos Santos and he Junior lost. flatlined him. Yeah, yeah, KO. Like he had um, it was like up. It was like up two steps forward, one step back, two steps forward, one step back, two steps yeah. forward, one step back, and then he hit like a stride of like Poof. he strung together like five wins in a row. Yeah, and um, then he ran into Stipe Miocic. Oh yeah, 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 and then it's his era. Yeah, then Stipe got it. Now it's we're in the Ngannou era. Era, and they're gonna rematch for the third time. That's crazy, dude. That Verdun. Oh no, no, not yet though. Yeah, he's fighting. Uh, and got uh, John Jones. Uh, Derek Lewis. Derek Lewis, the Black yeah, Beast. Derek Lewis, yep. Yeah, dude, that Verdun fight. So, um, Maui Mall actually did like a. They were testing, like, should we do pay per views in the theater? Mm. And me and three other people, three other degenerate, like, <laughs> UFC fans, <laughs> went into that theater and I watched that. I brought like a backpack with like snacks and stuff. Mm. And I watched that fight in Maui Mall in the theater. The, uh, Verdun came. Verdun came. Yeah, I watched the whole uh, main card. Wow. In the freaking theater. In the AC, I was kicking it. I was like, we, they should do this all the time. That yeah. was like the one and only time they ever did it because wow. it like 
nobody came. Nobody came. Yeah, I was like, did nobody else get the memo here? <laughs> like, Dang, this place should be packed. You got the theater to yourself. Yeah, it was oh it was sick. Gosh. Wow. You know, th- speaking about the whole shoot box thing again, I remember it was uh his coach at the time was Rafael uh, what's his Cordero. name? Cordero. Cordero. From Oh no. King's MMA. That's King's what it is. MMA. I was gonna say Andre. I was gonna say Nova Unia, but that's Andre Pedernes. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah. And that's probably where his strike. Cordero. Yeah, here. King's MMA. You're talking about Verdun. Yeah. Who who was Vanderlei Silva, Shogun Hua, mm-hmm. Anderson's coach? Yeah. Yeah, because I remember thinking his striking got a lot better. Yep. It was actually his striking with Kane, right? And in, initially, that forced him to like shoot. Yeah, I, I think was so. just like, whoa, what's going on? That's the panic double right panic there, Panic double. Baby. <laughs> it did a, oh. Came Velasquez. Yeah, against a world champ like that. Oh. Yeah, and you're out of gas already. Like, yeah. Kane was uh, gassing. It was like, Kane doesn't ever run out of cardio. That was weird. And then what happened to Kane after that? Uh, do, you, he, do you remember? Dude, he was plagued by injury. Like, his back oh, and his dude. knee and his neck. And yeah, yeah, he just yeah, kept yeah. getting hurt. But, um, what happened i know he fought travis brown and he finished that he did some spinning kicks and like mm. beat travis brown um then he fought Derek lewis and i don't know what Derek lewis's like pinky hit his temple and kane went out like oh. kane shot and it was like a weird uppercut like an inganu like failing uppercut it hit kane and kane went out it looked like his knee blew out um wow but inganu just clipped him right and then um yeah i think he just stepped away yeah because uh yeah but to see like i would love to have seen him versus stipe that would came. yeah came blasty oh. versus uh stipe wow because they were about the yeah about the they got both got good cardio both cardio uh boxing slash boxer wrestlers yeah yeah that would have been a sick one because uh the gym that they train at was it all aka yep like you just hear all the reports and everything that yeah, they're yeah notorious yeah. for hard sparring yep yeah i think the like John Fitch, Josh Koscheck, um, Josh Thompson, mm-hmm. uh, who else? Like Kane, Khabib, DC, Luke. Dude, when um, yeah. Luke Rockhold, Daniel Cormier, and well, I, I, I don't think they almost held it at the same time. But they had the middleweight, the light heavyweight, and the heavyweight champion all from the same gym. That's right. Almost at the same time. That's crazy. It's insanity. Just from one one gym. gym. Yeah. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. Oh. You know, and it's crazy too because they're all. A lot of them are wrestling base. Yeah. Yeah. That um, I think Cormier runs a lot of the wrestling. Yeah. But um, yeah. All right, except for Luke. Luke's like a striker. Right. I was just watching him do this crazy question mark trick today. My gosh. Yeah. You know, it's just crazy because, like, John Jones is still on top technically. Too, yeah. Right. I mean, his. Isn't his only loss that DQ to uh, Matt Hamill? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that wasn't even that bad. I think they were trying to get that, um, like, rescinded or, like, lifted to where he's undefeated. Oh, overturned. Yeah, overturned by the commission so that John could be undefeated. Because John's biggest opponent is just John Jones. Right. Yeah. Just trouble outside. Yeah, just hitting pregnant ladies and pregnant ladies and running with doing cocaine and crazy stuff yeah guy. but he's like the yeah. greatest of all time i think he's got his stuff together because i haven't heard any news lately hmm. but was the craziness what made him so good because when he's dropping machida with that guillotine oh and man like 
flying kneeing Shogun, you know? Yeah, he destroyed the light heavyweights. Dude, when he ran through Shogun, Rampage, and Lyoto, I was yeah. like, this kid's 24 yeah, years old. Like, and no one's stopping him. Like, what the heck? Oh, yeah. and Rashad. Rashad, Rashad was, too. he just decisioned him. But, like, at the time, um, Rampage, or it's kind of Chuck, Rampage, Lyoto, um, Rashad. We're all bouncing back for yeah. the title. They were, and, uh, they were like Force the, was up there. Shogun. They were all just like going yeah. back and forth. Yeah, because I remember that time. Machido was champ, and then Rashad, and then right before that was Forrest. Yep. And, and then, then even Shogun like, beat Machido. And then Machido beat Shogun. That's right. Yeah. And, and In and that then, controversial fight. Yep. Yeah. And then Shogun beat. That thing him was the bouncing second. back and forth, and then John Jones was just like, "Yeah, this is mine." No problem. Yeah, it's crazy. Like the way he made Shogun look. I was like, Dude, this he is opened crazy. up with a flying knee. With a flying knee. To Shogun. Are you ready? Are you ready? Flying oh. knee almost hits. Crazy guy. Yeah. yeah. Which is crazy to see him fight if he fights Nganu. That would be a good fight. Because mm-hmm. he's a stacked heavyweight, right? Um, Nganu. Yeah. Dude, he, he... Doesn't he cut to make the limit? I want to say, yeah. yeah. Did you hear his story on Rogan's? Uh, which one? Uh, Nganu. No. Bro, this guy started out in Cameroon. Huh. Um, in Africa. I don't know the exact freaking terms, but... Or the locations, but I want to say he started out in Cameroon, and then he had to make it, like, illegally to the nearest country, and then cross, like, a desert to get to Morocco to, like, try to get to... Um, I want to say it was, like, Sweden or something. So there's a gap between Morocco and... Um, Spain, mm. another country, but mm-hmm. like Morocco's entire like economy is based on um, border huh. patrol. So like for like a year, I want to say, Ngannou is trying to. There's like a huge barbed. Bar- you can either go through a huge barbed wire fence, like four sets of barbed wire fences, or you can um, get in a boat like at a certain time of the year and like try to sail across. Oh. And then you take like a phone, um, you get a phone with a SIM card from whatever country that I can't remember. Right. That SIM card. So as soon as you cross, like that is your light, you put it in like a bag. Mm-hmm. As soon as you cross, you can call the um, National Guard and then they come and get you because wow. now technically you're in their country. That is crazy. But bro, he got caught like, I want to say at least five to eight times. And every time they send him back to the desert. Wow. So. He's like you. You make an attempt through the fences. Right. They beat the snot out of you, and then send you back to the desert. Then you gotta wake oh you, make your way back to Morocco gosh. with like, and you have to. Um, I think they're they're living out in like a jungle, and they had like raids because they're always trying to find like these illegal immigrants trying oh to like gosh. get through. Yeah. And um, yeah, he f- made it. Like he, uh, the last, you gotta listen to this Rogan podcast. It's Dang, I'm pretty much spoiling it for you. But, uh, <laughs> He finally made it through, called the Swiss, whatever, and then he made it out to a gym. He didn't want to go to France, but he ended up going to France, and he found a gym there. Mm. And then um, that's how he started his MMA career. That is crazy. I mean, because he technically started MMA late. Yeah, super late. I mean, wasn't he like mid-late 20s, something like that? Yeah. Yeah. I think originally he wanted to be a boxer, um, but he ended up going to an MMA gym. And then the guy was like, you should just train MMA. Yeah. And one of his early fights, he actually won with uh, Kimura. It's pretty crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. 
that's inspiring man i mean you just think about that like yeah that's i can't even imagine like, to escape into another country like yeah. multiple times when he won against stipe that when he took the belt back to africa oh. it was huge like all africa was raging oh my even goodness. though the fight there's reason. like a um there's a shot of like this large gathering in africa of when he knocked out uh stipe and it's just mm. like ah! and now africa has three champs that's right. Three, there's three African-born champions. Israel, Kamaru, and um, Ngannou. Yeah. Three? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Wow. Like, yeah, that, like, that's just incredible. And then, like, the other story of, um, you know, I remember watching the UFC countdowns. Or, I don't know, it's not count, countdowns anymore, yeah. Some, something yeah else. i think it is countdown it is okay there's a ufc embedded, embedded. but there's still also ufc countdowns. countdowns okay yeah no i remember uh the original countdowns and when they would share gsp story of like yeah, yeah. being a garbage truck driver and then yeah, catching a bus crazy. down to henzo's to train at dan hire yeah even uh like uh when bj fought matt hughes yeah they did like a. it was like bj training on the beach and then matt hughes like running in the snow it was yeah. like a contrasting like crazy yeah some yeah. of those get a lot of times it's repetitive, like the same yeah. thing over and over. But some of them you're like, oh, this you remember, be, yeah, yeah, this was gonna be a good one. Like like the one with um, Anderson, like some of his backstory yeah, about yeah. Like growing up in the. Th- that's why uh, who just won the Charles the Bronx in the favela. He's the, the I think he still the, lives the, there. The hood. Yeah, that's amazing. It's insane. Like that's another good story. He was even like, I think I saw an oh. earlier interview of him. He's like, oh, this is my room. I bought all this with my fight money. But it like, it, it looks like the like ghetto house, you know, like yeah. with a like twin bed on the floor mm-hmm. with like a shelf that has like his clothes on it. Crazy. So, dude, that's why I like, it's like a little soap opera every fighter, <sighs> you know, when you keep up with their records. Yeah. There's like a story behind every... That's why it's so easy for me to get like sidetracked because once I start talking about one fighter, I'm like, oh, but he fought that guy. And the thing about that guy is blah, 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 blah. And it just keeps going. Yeah. You have a good story. Like you could almost take any fighter and um, like link them to another fighter somehow. Because when people start going like BJ Penn fought Lyoto Machida. That's insane. That was crazy. And, yeah. Uh, it was in Japan, right? Yeah. At 205. That's crazy. Uh, I want to say maybe Japan. Yeah, BJ's just all ballooned up. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, a, like 195 pounds, something. Yeah, yeah. That's crazy. Wow. Yeah, he has a lot of courage, though. Just jump in with whoever. Yep, yep. Yeah. But that's one, too, that, like, probably should have stopped fighting a while ago. Yeah. yeah. But uh, he's still got it in him, I guess. Like, he wants to fight. Even now? Probably. Wow. I don't know. I don't he know. He always wants to go. Yeah. But I want to. S- oh. When BJ was 16 and 8, I was like, dang bj you're losing it you know because like when your losses are like half of your wins it's like Mm. going through a little bit of a rough patch but now he's almost like 16 and 16 i'm like bj go on dude give it up you know who the light heavyweight champ uh jan uh his name yeah like that guy i i remember i was thinking he's gonna get cut Against, uh, like, I mean, like, a cut from the UFC oh, yeah, from yeah. losing so much. I think he started off 0 and 2 or 2 and 2, something like that. Yeah, he lost uh, two out of his first mm-hmm. four fights in the UFC, and then all of a sudden, little resurgence. John Jones takes a hiatus, and then now he beats Dominic Reyes for the 205. That's right, and then he beat uh, Izzy, right? Yeah, 
that was interesting too because i don't know what i watched that fight and i still don't understand like why didn't izzy like pressure him a little more yeah and why didn't yan like shoot for the takedown more i don't know that was it that was a weird fight yeah i still what, bought it what though. do you think it was though is it like a respect thing or pressure? i don't know i'm not sure if yan tagged him a hard one and then izzy oh. felt his power then oh. maybe he was a little more like mm. but and i'm not sure if yan didn't want to engage because um is he so slick off his back foot mm. so it was a lot of like fainting and jabs in that fight which i can appreciate but there's yeah. nothing like i think last time we were saying um like when there's that big like difference in um skill yeah then you get like crazier finishes you know but when people are more competitive it's yeah. like sometimes they just null each other out mm-hmm. that makes me think about anderson versus uh not only Rich Franklin, but also Forrest Griffin. Yeah. Dude. Yeah. dude those, like, matrix? matrix. Yeah. Oh. Dude, it's that crazy. Anderson era of, like, 2006 or something like that to 13. Mm-hmm. Oh. Dude, that reign was insane. It was ridiculous. Even, like, Matt Hughes was, like, a nine-time yeah. UFC Wellsbury champ. I want to say Anderson hit 11 or 12 title yeah. defenses. It's crazy. I think it's 11. And then Demetrius Johnson hit 12. That's and right. then John Jones, I want to say, is at, like, 13 or something. Yeah. But when John wins back his belt is because it was stripped away. <laughs> so yeah, 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 yeah. is in like consecutive. Yeah. Which is like it's technically. Unfor- it's unfortunate. Yeah. Because yeah. technically it was always his. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But man, that Silva era, I remember go- going back. Anderson Silva, that guy was. After he beat Chris Lieben and Rich Franklin. With those knees. The first, the first fight was crazy. I was like, whoa, what is this? This is so different. Mm-hmm. You know, at the time, I'm like. What is his knee? He just crushed his nose. And he did it in the second fight. Like, after you fight Anderson, and you're like, okay, I got to change some things. Yeah. Then you go out there, and you're like, this time, I definitely got it. Yeah. And then Rich Franklin, it's the same thing. Oh. Happens, dude. Ah, just knees to the nose. No, he broke his nose in the second man. fight, I want to say. That was crazy. They're right before, because um, Stefan Bonner and Forrest Griffin, they're kind of like buds, you know, because yeah. they had that one crazy fight at the end of the tough finale. That's right. But, um... There was like, you know, you know how Stefan Bonner fought Anderson? Yes. I think in like 2011. Light heavyweight, yeah. Okay, so there's a clip of, it was just like a funny spoof that the UFC did. And they're like, it's Forrest talking to Stefan. And he's like, um, or Stefan talking to Forrest. And Stefan goes, oh, so um, should I, um, he's asking him advice. He's like, should I, how should I, how could I beat him? And Forrest is like, well, definitely don't try to take it to the ground. And then it's like a highlight of like Anderson submitting Dan Henderson. It's like, don't try to kick him and it's just like anderson catching that travis luter kick and then throwing the right hand oh man and then it cuts to a clip and he's like definitely don't try to punch him and then it's forrest trying to punch anderson oh, and, then and he's the, juking him out yeah and then forrest oh. gets knocked out and then stefan's like so how am i supposed to beat him and then forrest is just like i have no idea because <laughs> <laughs> that was the question yeah who how can do you beat, beat that guy yeah after he that's what rogan said after he beat uh who can, so, be who can beat that, that man? Guy? Yeah, that man. Yeah, yeah. It was crazy, and yeah. he didn't even look like uh, crazy. Like skill. you, were, you don't even think he's like. You know how everyone always uh, thinks that it's like a bodybuilder yeah, yeah, type yeah, yeah, yeah. character, like yeah, oh, that like guy a Sean Shirk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Little muscle bound, like, jacked. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which Wrestler. Sean Shirk could fight, but like yeah. the great, like even Charles uh, Oliveira. Yeah, he did. Like he's easy too. Yeah, easy. Yeah. They just look like normal. People. That's why you never know who knows how to fight. That's right. Yeah. Exactly. All these, uh, 
like nerd assassins, dude, like jujitsu people. Oh, yeah. I've been tied in knots by some of the <laughs> most unassuming. I'm just like, what the heck? <laughs> this kid, um, Ryder, he used to train at MGA. He you know, yeah, 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 yeah. I yeah. think I just saw something where he won like a tournament, but of course he won a tournament. Dude, that yeah. kid was like 11 years old, maybe younger. Yeah. Not like I could power out of things, but yeah. he would catch me in slick like moves, and I was like, what just happened? I was like, you <laughs> <laughs> almost had that one. <laughs> like, <laughs> but like, he did have that one. Oh. Yeah, that kid was slick. Dang. Yeah, that's the nicest tough guys. Yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. The most nicest honest. tough guys. I don't want to fight with anybody. Dude, that's the crazy thing. It's like, like the loudest guy in the room. What is it? The quietest guy in the room. There's some quote. It's like the quiet guy in the room probably knows how to fight the most. What is it? Yeah. And you can probably just tell when you look at someone. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Oh, they're able to make eye contact and they're not freaked out. You know, like some people are like, you know, like they'll freak out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or they'll be really loud. Yeah. Yeah. Like too loud. I'm trying to think of the Bruce Lee quote. Bruce oh, Lee if quote. I, um, if I'm bad at fighting, I'll tell you I am no good. Oh, no. What is it? I'm going to mess it up. He's basically saying that if you, um, if like if you're telling somebody that you're something, mm-hmm. then uh, they're probably not good. Ah, I found it. If I tell you I'm good, you would probably think I'm boasting. If I tell you I'm no good, you know I'm lying. I like that. Yeah, that's true. Hmm. That's it. Yeah. Sorry. Little lull for that. No, I like that. That that. But that's so true. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of scary, actually, too. Yeah. Like, you see some good guy, like, oh. Like, if somebody's saying, like, oh, dude, I can fight. I'm a good fighter. That's a red flag already. You want to fight me, bro? (laughs) Fight me right now. You remember the Affliction era? Yeah. Yeah, Affliction Oh, dude, those shirts. The Just Bleed guy. Yeah, 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 yeah. (laughs) Oh. With the mohawk. Yeah, exactly. Too funny. Oh, man. Versus, like, the quiet guys. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's crazy. Like you're you're a quiet guy. That's like that sometimes that could <laughs> that could beat most people up. That's actually pretty terrifying. Like, yeah, <laughs> like I, well, you can tie some people in knots. Oh my goodness! Yeah, man, that's uh, it's pretty awesome. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's like a superpower. It's, it's, it's like, like a secret. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> like the guy is super nice, super kind. You know, humble guy. Mm-hmm, Just mm-hmm. unassuming. It's like, oh yeah, how are you doing? You know. And then you see like the other side, like. Whoa. Yeah, we, we talked about this before where, like, you're talking to somebody like, oh, I trained this and that. And he's like, oh, dude, I don't need to train. When I get mad, I just see red. <laughs> Bro, and I just go. Yeah. Oh, do ya? <laughs> That's the worst, man. That's <laughs> the worst. You just go. Yeah. Uh, Especially in uh, Bless Their Souls, too. But uh, I, I remember back uh, training jiu-jitsu. Mm-hmm. It'd be brand new guys. Oh, you know, I, I've done some wrestling on, on the streets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I remember uh, my grappling academy, shout out Coach Keith. He'd be like, oh, really? Street? You've been you know, on the streets? Okay. Street jitsu. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, just come on. Just go on the mats, you know, warm up and, you know, do the usual. And then I was still in high school. And I was like, huh? And he was he usually be a kind of a big guy, right? Yeah, I was yeah. Like smaller. And they were just like, what the heck's going on? And then they would go at Ryder. 
because he was smaller back then. He was in high school as well too. Yep, yep. Orange belt days. Yeah, I remember he was in the adults class with a color belt. Yeah, uh, with a weird color belt. And yeah. Like, Who the heck is this kid? Because it was uh, him, Kian, and uh, oh yeah, yeah, and uh, what's the other girl's name? Uh, she's she's graduated. Mackenzie. Uh, what's his name's daughter? Uh, Jun. Yeah, yeah, Jun. Yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah, they were all like orange belts, and I remember Ryder would just tie people up too. Like, whoa, yeah, this little kid just like triangled me. Like, what? What just happened? Yeah, that's crazy. It's the craziest thing. Long, lanky legs, not Jack. Just imagine somebody trying to like bully one of those three kids <laughs> at school. You know, like just good luck. I don't oh. want to bully them. <laughs> oh my goodness. Uh. I think the bullies would just be scared trying to bully someone like Kian yeah, or yeah. any of those three. Like, yeah. they're just going to be like, yeah, he can well, say whatever. Kian did wrestling and judo, too. So he's like even more even crazier. Yeah. Oh, he, now he has no trouble getting you to the ground and he can to keep you, you down at, at will. Yeah. Yeah. Take you down. Keep you down. Oh, my goodness. Dude, Kian actually, um, I was one of the guys that came in like, I don't know much, but he had me in. A, um, I was like, lit, I was just started and he was like. I think he just started high school, but it was one of like my first classes and mm. he got me in a um, mounted triangle arm bar wow. <laughs> like this, but he, he like started like kind of go arm and then like go triangle. But I was like, oh, I can get out of this, yeah. you know? And then when I woke up, <laughs> they were just like, are, are you okay? Are you okay? Oh my goodness. But I was like, what did I do? Like, I didn't, I didn't even <laughs> think I was going out. It just happened so quick. You know, yeah. I just like, I went out. Just passed out. Yeah. And it came up back like a fuzzy TV. And mm. I was like, oh, my gosh. Just looking at these, like, fluorescent lights. And people around you. Yeah. Yeah. Are you okay? Are you okay? Oh, my Are gosh. you okay? Yeah. Vin. <laughs> <laughs> Carrying your legs, huh? Yeah. And Pushing I wasn't blood. even trying to be tough guy. Like, oh, no. I can get out of this. I was just like, I don't even know if I'm in. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. And that's the good thing about jiu-jitsu. It doesn't hurt after. Yeah. You just wake up. The and gentle like, art. Yeah, but my neck's always stiff, you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The next day, whoa! Yeah. What is this weird feeling? Just like merging on the highway. Yeah, yeah. Like, I can't turn my neck. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Exactly. You get triangle and guillotine. Oh yeah. Oh dude. my goodness. Those cr- you know, the worst is the cranks where you're like, ah, oh, this is like not. I'm not in danger of like sleep going to sleep right now, but the next two weeks are gonna suck. It just you cranked. Know? Yeah. You know, yeah. like you got me. And that's that's the smart thing, right? I mean, it's just like especially if it's just training it's like yeah i heard that uh demian maya like Demian he trains, maya. I, like he rolls to such high level black belts they just tap like they just tap so quickly because whenever they're in bad positions they just tap or like whenever they're about to get into it like not even the submission is like locked on they'll just tap 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 mm. tap reset just to, um restart the position wow yeah wow that's that's another level of like being humble. Yeah. Oh man. Oh, you got me. Like again. you know, like when like armbar is about to. Oh okay. yeah. Again. Yeah. All right, all right, let's do it again. That's that's great. Gordon Ryan just uh, like retired, kind of. He retired. Yeah, like he's not. Wait, funny. what? He had like he's a, too young, bro. He had like a major gastrointestinal issue, so like Whoa. he can only eat like, certain foods, and um, like his stomach's always sore, and he like has trouble um, oh, like dang. lifting and stuff and uh, like exerting energy so like even when he goes out to um when he goes to train like he has to like take breaks yeah. but he was com- he's been competing like that but he's been saying now it's like so bad that oh. he, he doesn't even think he can do it which he was so- i think he was supposed to fight shinya aoki 
Dude. Which I would, dude. I was the watching. The Baka Survivor. I was watching Shinya's, oh, like, man. recent highlights. Because he kind of faded away. And I was like, ah, oh, what happened to that he guy? He came back. Dude, he just strung together, like, five in a row. All, like, pretty much all subs. Like, four submissions in a row. I was just crazy. watching his highlight on one. And I was like, this yeah. is insane. Shinya's still doing the damn thing. Yeah. I mean, it's just great. It's crazy how MMA is blowing up in Asia. Yeah. Because right? there's that, uh, there's one FC. And yep. the, I mean, yeah, one FC and, Ryzen. and then Ryzen, yep. which is basically Pride. Dude, I want to yeah. say one is bigger than the UFC in Asia. Oh, for sure. Does that make sense? For sure, for, they, sure, right? for sure. Yeah. You tell me. Yeah, yeah, no, 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 for sure. Overall in Asia, it's it's bigger. And then Ryzen is bigger in Japan because they have the biggest TV network mm-hmm. like Pride and K1. Because it's the Pride CEO just rebranded it to Ryzen. Nobuyuki, whatever his name is. Yeah, so it's, a, it's the Pride CEO, and that's why it's called Son of Pride. Ryzen. Oh, right. Ryzen. They have the theme music too, right? Yeah, it's very similar. Mm. And that's why it's the same ring setup, nice and white, yeah, pure, yeah. just like Pride. And you see all these weird matches too, which is fun. Yeah. You see the kickboxing. You Japan see, likes that stuff, yeah. Yeah, they like the. Not, 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 uh, I'm gonna say not, kind of freak show, show. Yeah, you kind know? of like the Hongman toy, yeah. like Bob Sapp, Gabby Garcia. Yeah, you know, just crushing people. Oh, dude, I want to see Gabby versus Gordon. <laughs> <laughs> dude, that would be crazy. <laughs> I would still put money on Gordon. I'll put money on Gabby, dude. She's ferocious. Dude, She's so MMA, jacked. MMA would be Gabby. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I could see. I'm pretty sure Gordon just wins both of them. But yeah, yeah she's she has nobody to compete with. No, nobody. She's huge. She's like cyborg like, for just jujitsu. There's no women heavyweight to compete with her. Yeah. If yeah. they are, they're like not jacked. No, maybe. not like her. Yeah. yeah. And definitely not as skilled as her. Like multiple yeah. time. We had um, Penny Thomas, uh, ADCC and world champion. Oh, nice. And so she's she lives up country. And um, she she invited me to her place, and we rolled, and I just got crushed, like, like instantly, like thirty seconds no submission back to back, and I'm just like, what is this? And, and she's like, yeah, just just go all out. I'm like, all right, boom, I, inverted triangle, I boom. Am. I'm like, ah! and then like, boom, armbar, whoa, just tap, and then like no. all of a nowhere, just gets my back, rear naked chokes, and I'm like, she's like, yeah, you know, I'm not even at my peak, you know, anymore. I'm like, imagine, you know, because oh this is uh, this was two thousand and. 10 years ago, she yeah. was ADCC champ. And so she won her weight class. And then she she went up against uh, Gabby in the open weight. And she was like, you can't oh, move her snap. in the open weight. Because she was like 145. Didn't like, Mackenzie beat Gabby? Mackenzie Dern did, yeah. Dang. That's crazy. Yeah. And they all trained together. So Penny Thomas was with the Gracie Humaita girls. And um, with... with uh, what, what, who did you say? Uh, Mackenzie Dern. Mackenzie Dern. Her dad has like a crazy. What's his? Her dad's name? Mega. Uh, Megaton. Megaton. Something yeah. like that. And then also, what's her name? Um, the Gracie Humaita chick. Wait, the what? Gracie Humaita. That's her name. Uh, she's in San Diego. I haven't heard of that. Oh one. man! But basically, it was crazy. She was. I gotta get her back on the show too. Mm-hmm. Like she she's a beast she's a humble one she's like oh you know i'm not that good i'm like that's exactly the quote yeah yeah, yeah. Ah, you know i'm not you know i'm like if i tell you i'm no good 30 seconds boom 30 seconds boom 30 seconds insanity like i i yeah i can't even remember in the five minutes i was like what just happened Mm -hmm. like you're in a dryer yeah and i was like (laughs) like like, 
like upside down, boom, mounted, rear naked choke, whoa. Damn. Like, yeah, it was an experience. Um, but yeah, speaking of Gabby, yeah, she just said she was just a beast. Gabby was a beast. Uh, in J- do you have family in Japan? Yeah, everyone's in Japan. Just me and my parents oh, here. Oh, what? Yeah. Do you uh, go back? Yeah, I, lo- I got to go back too. So I went back pre-COVID. Mm. And I got family in Tokyo and all over Japan, basically. Heck yeah. Yeah. You been to Japan? I have not. Bro, you're going to fight in Japan. I'm calling it. Premonition, bro. <laughs> you're going to fight in Japan, bro. Yeah. Because okay. I had Riley on the show. He, mm-hmm. he fought in Japan before. Yeah, yeah. And Sean like also was on the show. Mm. Fought in Japan. And yeah, you're going to fight one. in Japan. All right. Well, you're here, folks. Dude, you're going to do it, bro. 2022. <laughs> I just know it. You're too young, bro. Like, to just be like, I'm never going to fight. Yeah. Like, it's still in you. It is. Dude, that fire, bro. You're going to be only be 28? I think your prime is like 30, right? Uh, it depends on the person. Yeah. yeah. And the weight. Yeah. So, th- it depends. Because, um, yeah, 32. Just about 30. But look at all the champs that are 35 plus. Light heavyweight champion. True, true. 37. Uh, how old is uh, Francis uh, heavyweight? He, uh, he's like 34, 35, I say right? he's low 30s. But even uh, Glover. I think Glover's like 42 and he's going to exactly. fight Exactly. Verdum. Late yeah, he, was th- older. he was like mid-late 30s when Almost he 40, choked yeah. Kane. So, it's never too late, bro. Did you, have a, you could have a solid 10 years to be like uh, Jan's yeah, yeah, age. Yeah. 37. 37. You'd be his age. It's a whole decade. <laughs> a whole decade. You're selling me. You're selling it to me. Dude, you got to do it, man. Like, I just know, dude, because oh, like, cause you're so knowledgeable on it, too. Mm. You know, like, it's not just you're just going out and fighting. It's like you understand, like, oh, like, I, I, I can't even comprehend. Like, you understand, like, the different setups and different things and just like the little i like play back the sequence so like whenever there's a finish in a fight or like a cool sequence in a fight i'll play it back i actually did that in um i i done it in a handful of fights where it's a unfamiliar position but i'll like play back like oh in this fight with anderson he like took his back this way yeah then i'll like i there's one highlight where i i like climb the cage for a, a back take but i wasn't like planning to do that i just like flashed saw that sequence and then like mm. went for it even though i never like practiced it vince i'm convinced bro, you're gonna fight in japan and you're gonna fight in that ryzen. would actually be a good trip yeah it'd yeah. be a fun trip plus you'd be on ryzen I'm gonna, you gotta be on ryzen bro hit up some fans that's basically the modern pride yeah like that would be dope what, what is uh what size is the arena do they have like a... They have a bunch. There's a Tokyo Dome. There's mm. Saitama Super Arena. They basically have all the same places because it's the same CEO as Pride. So he has all the connections. Yeah, yeah. Millions of people. They have the biggest TV show just like Pride and K1. Damn. So all over Japan, they know Ryzen just like how they know Pride because it's all over TV mm-hmm. and live TV and then millions of people. Dang. That, that's... Are you selling me on this Japan trip? Dude, I can see it. going to have to make one. Yeah, Vince. You're going to just go into, maybe just watch one next year, just this year if it opens up. What would I do Saitama out there? Super Tell Obina. me. Well, it depends. Like, knowing your personality type, you, you might enjoy the city a little bit. Mm-hmm. And then you might be like, all right, let me go to the more, like, mountainside, hiking Mount Fuji. 
nice. uh, going to waterfalls and forests, and you probably be more of that side. Yeah, you probably enjoy the city, like yeah, some yeah. of the food. But what is uh, what's your favorite food from back home? Where, oh, where are you from? Oh man, so where's your family from? Tokyo? My parents, uh, my father's from Fukushima, and my mother is from Kanagawa, Shizuoka. She was born. Shizuoka. Yeah, and then they migrated to Kanagawa, uh, a little bit lower. But it, it's just incredible. So I'm the only person in our entire heritage to not be born in Japan. Oh, dang. You're a it's crazy. first generation American. Born, yeah. So, yeah, my parents are the only ones that live in America or Hawaii. And everybody else is in Japan. They thought my mom. So my mom and dad are both the youngest of their family. So my dad was a rebel. He's like, I'm out of here. Uh, out of a family of what? So out of a family, four siblings. So they're the youngest. And they both just were like, I'm getting out of the, I'm, I'm going to move out, go to Hawaii. And that was it. That's 40 crazy. years ago. So that's why like, I like I grew up 40 speaking. 40 years ago. What year 1980s. 1980, Damn. he moved here. Yeah. At least they had like some. Sometimes I think about like, you know, when they when people first trekked over from Europe yeah. to like America yeah. they, they didn't know what the heck was Anything, there. Anything, yeah. That's still pretty crazy though. In the, in the 80s there wasn't yeah. like, you know like you can almost look on Instagram or like yeah. Facebook now like oh or Nothing. like Google Maps like yeah, no oh, internet. What um what restaurants and stores are nearby yeah. this area, you know? Like you have to call or like get a map. Yeah. Do you remember ever driving with a map? I did. Yeah. How insane was it to it have was that crazy. Like, big thing in front yeah. of you? Yeah. My dad had me practice driving to Hana with a map because he's like, you got to practice. Mm. And I I remember, like, stopping every so often, like, wait, 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 wait. You know, like, did I take the wrong turn of country? Like, uh, no, it is. Uh, and he was just kind of like, yeah, it was crazy. And he's like, you know, it was harder when I came because there weren't even roads. He said when spent. he came and people listening, uh, if you're in that time, yeah, you'll, you'll understand. He said there was only one traffic light on the island the traffic light was the one by kahumano just that one traffic light on the whole island a lot of dirt roads there was no wailea kihei stopped after cam one of the cam beaches and the the kihei was all dirt road and calviwood calviwood and my mom talks about that same thing yeah and there's no all of this yellow park side was all kiave and there was just there was just, i just love hearing stories you know like when you drive to lahaina and you look up at the road that's the road how insane that's is that crazy like what that's how, where they drove obviously it's all broken down now but now yeah. they blasted through the mountains you know to make crazy, that tunnel crazy thinking about it like you're stuck in traffic on the poly like come on hurry up but then you yeah. think about like what was dry it was a one lane road yeah 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 on a cliff to get to lahaina that's crazy crazy yeah so yeah, I know. It's just crazy. I mean, a lot of family there, a lot of cousins. I got, I got to reconnect with some of my cousins that I hadn't seen, which is great. When did you start Like, when did you start going back, and then how frequently do you go back? Oh, man, this is maybe in, up until I was high school, I was lucky to go every year. Uh, and then oh, as nice. an adult, I stopped going because basically I was doing my own thing and mm-hmm. all that. And I just recently... And you're like, started, Mom, are you going to pay for it or not? Right. <laughs> and so as an adult, I was like, all right, I'm going to save some money. I'm going I'm to uh, go. So 2016 was the first time uh, since being an adult going back. Oh, nice. And then since what, then... What was the gap between uh, 16 uh, and... Five years. Oh, okay. Yeah, so not too bad. But since I was 17 or 22, doesn't seem like much, but for your family not to see you 
you know, to see your grandparents yeah, or yeah. anybody for five years. Because we think about family. We might see them once a year or a lot more. And so five years um, is a pretty big gap. And so when I went back, it was great because I got to see my grandfather right before he passed away. Nice. And so it was like a really good moment. He already had dementia, all that, but he remembered and we just had a great moment. We're like just freaking crying together. And, That's awesome, dude. And uh, yeah, I still remember, you know, he was like, Shinichi, Shinichi, Yanagida, Maui. Oh my, and, and, I, and he remembered, he just looked at me, he just started crying and me and my dad were just oh like, my goodness. Um, the feels. Yeah, we were in the, uh, uh, what do you call those homes, the uh, senior. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And, um, and he passed away a couple months later. So I was really glad I got to see him. Really glad I got to see my grandma's grave. Um, and then the other side family, I could see uh, the grandparents on the other side. And a bunch of the cousins that I hadn't seen since I was a kid. Are they around your age or so, older or younger? So because my parents are both the youngest, younger. they're all in their 30s and early oh, 40s. Okay, okay. 30s and 40s. So I was always like like the youngest all my cousins are kind of my parents waited until they were older to have mm. me but all my cousins are like 10 15 years older than me too. yeah same thing about 10 15 years and so but now you know when you're like 20 25 honestly you want to know more about japan yeah um so you're saying your cousins got a older? bunch of cousins yeah all over japan the yanagira side the nada family and you know, it, it, it's just amazing because we were able to find back the, the what they call Kamon, which is the family crest. You ever seen like those symbols? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Basically, we were able to find ours. And it goes back into Samurai age 1200, uh, the year 1200. And it was the Katabami clan. And they invented a style of original jujitsu. Ooh. Katabami jujitsu. That crazy that is 900 years ago they created the first art of the gentle art one of uh, one of the many the, scriptures the brazilians it took it from japanese jiu-jitsu yeah yes so there was a bunch of other forms of jiu-jitsu it was like katabami jiu-jitsu uh shin ryu jiu-jitsu and then kano ryu jiu-jitsu uh basically everybody had their own jiu-jitsu style it was their name and jiu-jitsu that's where gracie jiu-jitsu yeah, yeah, yeah so basically before the gracies and everybody can correct me if I'm wrong, but from what I know is they got it basically from Mitsuyo Maeda's I student. heard that name, yeah. Yeah, so Maeda Jiu-Jitsu. And I, he is a black belt in judo under Kano, but the reason why he came overseas in Brazil and named it Jiu-Jitsu was he, he took out, I mean, he implemented some of the band techniques from judo, mm. like the foot locks and yeah, some yeah. of the submissions that weren't legal in judo because he was doing prize fighting and when he was doing prize fighting you know there's no holds barred you want to use all the submissions yeah it's crazy that there would so, be like something that's oh you can't use that because that's like like why couldn't you be able to use anything right did you hear that donna her quote it's like why would you ignore 50 percent of the human body yeah and like so lots? i remember that and that was actually uh dean lister yeah so the the reason they modified judo was initially jujitsu was associated with samurai and associated with being a bandit. You're oh, what th you were a thug because you know how to fight, especially that era oh, of the you Meiji don't have a sword? era. Yeah, so you know how to like you know how to like handle people. Wait, sa know? samurai are like nobles, yeah. 
basically Sorry? at that time. Yep. And then so they have status. So they were status. Yeah. But you couldn't. You couldn't. Not everyone could be a samurai. No. You had to. Uh, you had to have a master. Have lineage. Yeah. You had to have a master. And when you ha had no master, you became what they called a ronin, which is a wandering samurai, like uh, the legendary Musashi. Yeah, yeah. And so we can go a whole rabbit hole on that. But just, th I love history. I was going to be a history teacher. And so in the Meiji era, 18, I believe it was 1868, when the government got overthrown, Jigoro Kano was a frail young boy. And he was like a small guy, real small guy. And he was learning different styles of fighting. He went to like multiple different jujitsu schools. Jiro O'Connor, the founder of judo. I feel like I need a piece of paper. I gotta yeah. write these names down. Yeah, so he's the founder of judo, and basically he created all of the original judokas because he's the founder of judo. And long story short, he basically was the teacher of Mitsuyo Maeda and Masahiko Kimura, Damn. who beat Elio Gracie. And named it the Kimura. Not the Kimura. Yeah. Oh, he beat him with the Kimura? Yeah, that's what he named the Kimura. No way. Because this is called something else, like, like Sankakujime, uh -huh. you know, the Japanese name. And Katagurume, and they named it Kimura after Masahiko Kimura because he Heck broke yeah. Elio's arm. In real vision. Helio's. Helio Gracie. No way. Yeah, so you look back. Wait, in the early what? Uh, this is probably 1950s or 60s. So he's a young, he's probably like 20 then, Helio? Yeah, I'm not sure how. Probably 30s. Because yeah. every time I think of him, I just think of like an old guy. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you always think of that picture on like the top of the wall. Right. Where he's like a red belt, like 80 years old. Yeah, exactly. 80-year-old man. Trying to think of him as like a so young man. Probably like you know? 40, 50 years younger than mm -hmm. that. And so, yeah. Masahiko Kimura broke his arm with a Kimura. Well, I mean, and then that's why they named it Kimura. Yeah, that is. And, um, but basically, going back, that's where that whole distinction of it, in Japan, they say it's weird to add a nationality to a sport. It's like saying, oh, uh, Brazilian karate or oh, Canadian yeah, yeah. karate. Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Everybody has a unique style, right? Just like how, uh, what's the different boxing styles, like American style boxing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you don't really say like American boxing. You just say boxing. Yeah. Um, or like the Dutch. Was it the Dutch that Dutch have a lot of, the, the, lot, of the light, lot of light touches? Um, what, what country was that? I want to say that's the Thais. Thai, or uh, there's a lot of like Dutch, uh, there's Dutch kickbox. There's, there's a different style of fighting, whether right. it's like more pressure or like um, counter or right. yeah. I see right. There's a bunch of different styles. Yep, yep. And so that's why they were saying it'd be weird if they call it Japanese judo. You know. Yeah. Or, or, or like, uh, but the reason why it, they used that it was to differentiate, because they weren't allowed to use Gracie jujitsu. Because Horion Gracie trademarked it. The, elder, the eldest son of Elio Gracie trademarked Gracie Jiu-Jitsu. Jiu oh. So that's why when they came to America, they wanted to say this isn't the Japanese style. This is Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Jiu and so that's how that started. It's crazy how those things kind of so, snowball too. Yeah, like, so it wasn't like any bad intent. Because in Brazil, my professor, uh, or, or Professor Homolo, yep, yep. they just call it Jiu-Jitsu. Right, nobody in Brazil calls it Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. Yeah, it's yeah. just Jiu Jitsu. That makes sense. Yeah, and it's cool when they say it, Jiu Jitsu. Jiu Jitsu. Yeah, Jiu Jitsu. Yeah. And Portuguese. So, some Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Portuguese. And, yeah, Portuguese. Obrigado. Yeah, anyway. But it just amazing going back because the origin was samurai. Because the word Jiu Jitsu is gentle art. And it was meant for when you lost your sword, if your sword broke, 
Because at that time, you're not going to punch someone wearing a turtle helmet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you can throw them. And then use your small sword and yeah, stab them in the like neck. Even like the grips. Yeah. Because it's literally a kimono. The, um, That's why the armor? gi. Yeah. It's a kimono with the turtle shell protections. Wait, wait, wait. So what, what happened if you, okay, you broke your sword? Then what would happen? Then, then you would either fight with the short sword or hand to hand. Because someone that would have two swords. Wait, wait. So if, if two samurai are fighting, yep. one breaks their sword, the other one ditches his sword? Uh, sometimes. Oh, you, you're talking about your fight with the short sword? Yeah. And it, and it varied. I don't know enough about this, but it varied, if, especially if it's a one-on-one duel versus if you're on a battlefield. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because Like the, if you the call fights, somebody out, like you, me, yes. 12 o'clock. And I guarantee it's much different than if it was like a battlefield. Like, war. Yeah, war. And so... But that's where the origin comes from. Because the theory was, everyone's wearing a kimono. Dude, that's where the judo gi. You're making so much sense right now. The, the gi, the dogi, yeah, yeah. is the re- replica of what Japanese used to wear back in the day. Yep. They wore a belt, you know, and then Like it was stuff. just normal clothes. Like normal what you clothes. would wear. Mm-hmm. And so that's basically why they had all the grips. And, you know, different takedowns. If you look at the... All the literature, all the submissions are there. The foot locks, the knee bars, the ankle locks, the arm bars, the sanka, uh, the triangles. Sankaku. Sankakujime. Yeah, that's the Japanese name. Sankakujime, triangle choke. Uh, kubijime, neck chokes. Dude, this makes so much sense when you say it with the armor. Yeah. Because You're not like, punching the it. throws, like the judo throws. Yes. That's why the, ju- that's why the original is the jujitsu throws. Jiu-jitsu sweeps, jiu-jitsu throws, and then judo made it a scholar, like a more more palatable to Japanese citizens in the late 1800s, because nobody wanted to learn jiu-jitsu because it had that connotation of uh, people going in jail or people that were bandits and thieves would learn. So they're not samurai because they don't have the sword, so now they got to do jiu-jitsu. Yeah, so they would they would teach people how to fight, and they were like. Why are you going to teach people how to fight? We live in a time of peace. Mm, right? Because of evolution. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, Jigoro Kano, and at the same time, Aikido, uh, master, I forget his name, the founder of Aikido and Jigoro Kano, they both were masters, uh, uh, students of jiu-jitsu. Of, of, of classical like jiu-jitsu. A tr- I need like a family so, tree of these so the, combat the difference, the difference of Aikido and Judo is Judo wanted to have randori which is live sparring live contact right so you just you're yeah, still yeah, yeah yeah aikido didn't want live contact they said we're gonna just do we're just gonna do you know forms and that's why we see all those like take, dude i did aikido yeah for a while right and there's not that much contact right yeah compared no, to it wrestling was like um it was set up like yes. they would tell you how to punch and how to defend yes. at the same time but it wouldn't be like live I'm going to punch and yes. you respond. Yes. So it's not practical because it's not trained in the, in the, live, the reaction like using it live. It's like, yeah. it's like just writing, like writing about but, how to fight as yes. opposed to like fighting. Yes. And, and, and the origin of um, Aikido too, it's beautiful because originally the guys knew how to fight because they were all learning classical jujitsu. And when they, someone did come, that's why if you see all the judo throws and aikido is very similar yeah, but yeah except yeah. judo they want to keep the live contact the randori aikido didn't 
What is They're it? more of a philosophy. Randori Rando- just means live sparring, live Rando- training. I just like that word. Yeah. Randori. Yeah. And so that's where you might hear like John uh, Danaher talk yeah, about he does all kuzushi, the- yeah, which yeah. basically just means break their break their balance. Mm-hmm. Kuzushi. And judo is like you break their balance, you throw them. Um, but man, we could talk about this forever. Vince, we got to get you back on. Heck yeah, let's do it. Dude, you know, Vince, God, I don't want to end this, but. This is like man, a whole lot of conversation. This is the longest podcast we ever had. You're the first what person to come on twice. And uh, oh, yo, our half, man. So nice. Vince, I want to just thank you for coming on, spending of an course, hour and a half. We're going to get you back on. If you like this episode, please like, comment, subscribe, check him out. And leave some comments if you want to see this guy fight in Japan next yeah. year. Yeah, but year. he's got to come as my uh, guide if I fight in Japan. <laughs> I need a, uh, I need somebody to show me around. You oh know, yeah, speak Japanese to, uh, for you. Yep. Yeah. Yes, please. My man, yes, Vince. Thank you for coming on, bro. Always a pleasure. Oh man, heck yeah! Subscribe.